Welcome to the Ministry to Parents podcast. Here's your hosts, Elizabeth and Jeremy Lee. Hey, it's time again for the Ministry to Parents podcast. I hope everybody's doing well. This is the podcast for church leaders that helps them build a ministry to parents. I'm Jeremy Lee. And I'm Elizabeth Lee. Thank you so much for joining in. This is episode number 18, and you're joining in on part two of a four-part series on how to build a support team for church leaders. Our last episode, we talked about what is a support team. Now, today, we're going to dive into why do I need one? Yeah, and this this one's the easiest one of the bunch, isn't it? I mean, because the why a minister or a church leader would need a support team, uh, well, let's just begin with the fact that they're humans. And here's some statistics for all humans from the General Social Survey. It says the number of Americans who say they have no close friends has roughly tripled in recent decades. Uh, What do you think the common response when people are asked, how many confidants do you have? Uh, How many do you think they said? confidants people that you can trust three zero that was the most popular answer so humans in general are just flat out lonely more than ever these stats were done prior to a global pandemic covid19 quarantine and people being shut off from the world for health reasons Mm -hmm. uh in general it's not just church leaders it's humans feel more and more disconnected more and more by themselves and it gives you the illusion that you're supposed to do all of this alone and asking for and having support is more of a challenge than ever and it's but it's more necessary than ever so elizabeth i bring this first of all before we talk about church leaders we got to recognize that people are humans and one of the reasons why they need a support team is because we're dealing with loneliness and we're feeling more alone than ever. Yes, and I think sometimes that um, church leaders think it's just me. So to know that, hey, this isn't just a church leader problem, this is a humanity problem, there's something to that that says, okay, I'm not alone. Um, I'm not the, the broken one that, hey, I am with other people in this struggle. And also that means that it's not just about the job that I have. It's not just about the calling that I have because sometimes it can feel in that kind of like Elijah when he's like after he battled Jezebel and he's like, oh, I'm the only one. And, and God's like, oh, there's a whole lot of others out there. Uh, I think sometimes it's the same thing with church leaders that we can feel like it's just us. We're alone and we're going, hey, actually, there's a whole lot of other people out there who are struggling with loneliness as well. Well, it has everything to do with loneliness because when we feel alone, we feel like we are the ones that need to solve all of our problems, issues, that we're supposed to be self-contained, self-supportive. If we don't have anyone, how can we open up? And if you don't mind, I'm going to give you a couple more uh, stats about church leaders. Now, I gathered these from Fuller Institute, George Barna, Lifeway, and Schaefer Institute of Leadership Development. Here's just a couple of the highlights. 72% of pastors report they work from 55 to 75 hours a week. 84% of them feel like they're on call 24-7. 
80% would say that pastoral ministry has negatively affected their families. 65% of them feel like their family lives in a glass house and fear they are not good enough to meet expectations. 23% are uh, report being distant to their family. 78% report having their vacation and personal time interrupted with ministry duties or expectations. 28% of pastors report having feelings of guilt for taking personal time off and not telling the church. I mean, I can keep going. It's on and on and on. But at the end of the day, there uh, is something broken in uh, our calling when we are giving and giving and giving, but very rarely ever receiving support. Well, that reminds me of um, a quote in a book I read who I've mentioned before that I love Henry Nowen. And he, in his book called The Inner Voice of Love, which is one of my uh, personal favorites of all time, and, and God has really discipled me through uh, his writing, he writes to ministry leaders, when you get exhausted, frustrated, overwhelmed, or run down, your body is saying that you're doing things that are none of your business. God does not require of you what is beyond your ability, what leads you away from God, or what makes you depressed or sad. God wants you to live for others and to live that presence well. Doing so might include suffering, fatigue, and even moments of great physical or emotional pain. But none of this must ever pull you away from your deepest self and God. And I, he said, your way of being present to your community may require times of absence, prayer, writing, or solitude. These two are times for your community. And when he said that, I thought, you know, I never would have thought that when I go pull away and when I go um, find times of recovery, which is the point of a support team, it's the place where you, it's part of the place where you find recovery along with solitude, personal retreat times. And we've talked about that before. Um, but the support team is part of finding rest and replenishing that when you do that, you're actually giving a gift to your community. So it's an indirect way of serving the people that you feel called to. And I think that that's one of the ways that um, uh, when he went to summarize it, when he says exhaustion's not part of the call, you know, that we sometimes think about your stats, like they're afraid to say, hey, I need some time off or I, I feel shame that I can't do it all. And in actuality, it actually, it's a very mature step to say, hey, I need a break. I need to um, uh, go visit the people that I have on my support team. And, and I know we'll talk about in the next episode, in episode 19, how to build one. But just to give a, a few examples, sometimes it can be somebody like, hey, I've got a toothache. I need to go see my dentist. I need to request some time off because I need to make a dentist appointment. And yes, some of these meetings I'm going to need to move to the next week because I need to go see my dentist. Or I need to, to start taking some time to go walk and I need to find a running partner or a walking partner. Um, and we'll talk more about the details, but uh, as you build that support team that actually creates a place where you can uh, find replenishment to go serve the community you're called to. And the if you were to sit down in a coffee shop with me and say, not you, but if a church leader listening, would, we were sitting in a coffee shop and you said, you know, you asked the question that's kind of the theme of this episode, which is why, why do I need a support team? I think one of the most basic answers I would offer 
is because the work you're doing is so important. It's so it's so crucial. It's like the boxer who's in the ring. The boxer who's in the ring and fighting, they have a, a manager in the corner. They have a cut person in the corner. They have a whole medical team in support because what they know what they're doing is dangerous. <laughs> what they're doing is intense. And they know that they're going to need that replenishment. It's the boxer. It's the athlete. It's the person out there in the in the arena doing something great. Um, and then I would also say it's wonderful and beautiful leadership. Why do we need a support team? Because we need to show others that they need support. I God gave us limitations on purpose. You know, we have to sleep. We have to eat. We, we, we just simply can't go without it. And we have so many other needs. And all of this was a, has a holy purpose, which is to remind us of our need for him. And when we show the people around us that we're leading, when we show them that we are willing to go get that support, we're teaching them how to go get the support. So, Elizabeth, I mean, think about it that way. Um, what do you think about this idea of leading how it's a leadership move well it's uh it's the quote of if you want to know if someone's a good leader look at how they lead themselves oh wow that's how i would summarize it and uh you can use that in the hiring process you can use that um really that principle fits anywhere and that's one of the things i do when i look at uh other leaders that i want to collaborate with is i look at how they lead themselves how do they lead themselves spiritually how do they lead themselves physically emotionally, mentally, because if they lead themselves well, they'll easily lead others well. And I think that's just a defining characteristic. I really love that quote that you just said. And I think as we lead other people, um, and by the way we lead ourselves, there's also something that is just rich about being willing to grow. Like when, when I'm in a growth place, when I'm learning, when I'm getting better. I see, I don't have to have it all together, but I want to be moving forward. And when I'm there, there's just such a satisfaction for me in just in purpose and uh, in, in as I serve and do what I'm supposed to be doing while I'm, when I'm growing, I feel like I'm winning. And that is such a beautiful thing. And I have, you taught me this. If I want to go fast, go by myself. If I want to go far, invite others to come with me. And uh, why do I need a support team? Because the, we're not called to go fast. We're called to go far. Mm-hmm. And we, so that means we have to go through the hard part of allowing others in. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's an old African proverb that I have learned along the way. And I think that... Um, Inviting a support team in uh, to help us continue to grow allows us, if not uh, pushes us, or I guess probably the better word, um, cautions us to not settle. Because the older we get, the easier it is to settle. It's uh, we can get comfortable. We can be cozy in our homes and cozy with our families. And we're just raising our kids and we're doing life. And we can even be on the treadmill of life, like I like to call it. And when we get to that place, uh, growth 
the growth mindset, actually, like it's actually a term, uh, the growth mindset becomes a challenge that we have to intentionally choose on a daily basis uh, because we have to fight comfortability. And this is just how to personally steward ourselves. Like the Lord is constantly inviting us into growth. Obviously, that is discipleship. That is salvation working itself out, right? But we, as we're partnering with God, He is saving us you know, it's a one-time salvation piece, but he's constantly growing us and maturing us, the sanctification process. But part of that, the part that we're responsible for is we have to ask ourselves, because he's not going to force us to go anywhere we don't want to go. Like he gives us a choice to walk with him. Thus, it's a partnership. And so to accept that growth mindset is our side of the street with his our relationship with him and so I think the why piece it's a it's a biblical it's it's an incredible biblical choice that we take because we're stewarding our side of the street with God in our relationship with him when we do that to say hey um, and I know that that may seem trite or silly to say because I know uh, as we talk about the support team I've mentioned I have a dentist I have a hairstylist like I'll give you a great example. Um, for a long time, I, I have really curly hair. And so I like really curly hair, like straight up frizzy. Um, I have to pay way more than I want to pay for hair products to control the frizz, right? So for a long time, I had, I just struggled finding a hairstylist who knew how to cut curly hair. They are very hard, believe it or not, to find that. And so uh, to f- I just kept growing frustrated and I I kept getting angry and it actually started affecting my self-esteem and how I felt about myself. And I just didn't think about the fact that I should ask God to help me find a hairstylist because that felt too insignificant to talk to God about. But as he began to show me back around 35, hey, the support team matters. I was like, I can't believe I'm going to be asking God to help me find a hairstylist, but I'm going to invite you in on this because it's starting to really affect how I feel about myself, I am starting to deny what you say about me. You know, Psalm 139, I'm starting to really in my heart argue that principle because I don't, I don't feel that way about myself. And I realized it had a lot to do with how I felt about my hair. This is just a real practical example. And so I began to invite God in because I believed why I need a support team. I need to have um, something here to encourage the truth that God is teaching me. And I began to ask him for a hairstylist who specifically knew how to cut curly hair. And I just trusted that he was going to answer it and began to pray. And I kept searching. I went through five different stylists in my hometown, but eventually I landed on one a few years ago. She's a believer. She walks with Christ and she, she prays over her clients as she cuts her hair. And uh, God has been so good. He met that need for me and she's on my support team. And I think when you ask the question, why do I need one? It's because the support team helps you grow in your walk with the Lord. It helps you in your growth mindset. And it also deepens your faith with the Lord. He uses those people in your life to draw you closer to him. I love that. I love that story. And I love your hairstylist (laughs) because every time you come back, you're just in such good spirits and you look good. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Uh, I just have to point out the irony kind of as we're wrapping up this part of our discussion. I got to point out the irony because this is the trap we get in. We resist uh, saying things like, I need a support team. Because we don't want it to be all about us. And we're trying to say, oh my goodness, I'm not selfish. I don't want, uh, you know, this isn't just all about me. 
But really, when we resist inviting other people, we're just resisting humbling ourselves, saying, I can't do this all by myself. And that's what God wants us. That's what he's inviting us into. And that's what we're inviting you into with him is to say, God, I can't do all of this by myself. Uh, there, there's so much that I'm willing to come and, and, and jump in and, and you are with me, but God uses other people. So God, will you please bring the people in my life that need to be in my life? I humble myself and say, I can't do meet all my needs. Mm-hmm. And so I need other people to come alongside me and help me in the areas where I'm weak, where I've believed lies, or where I don't, I just, I'm just don't know what to do mm-hmm. to educate me, to support me, to teach me the truth. Use other people in my life. See, we try to, pretend to be humble when we say, (laughs) I don't need, I'm not selfish. I'm not going to be all about having my entourage. Uh, But it's actually in its own way, pride. And the invitation really is to a humility of, of laying all that down and saying, no, I can't do everything. And that means I've got to humbly ask people. Now, the question is, how do you do that? That's what I think You and I both have been chomping at the bit for episode 19, and that's coming next, where we can kind of lay this out very, very practically. Uh, We've talked about what it is in this episode. We've talked about why do we need a support team. Now, next episode, next week, we're going to talk about uh, how to do it, and that's going to be exciting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And as we close out, before we head to the um, wrapping it up, I want to just encourage you with a verse. In Matthew 5, 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And that word poor in spirit means needy. And so if it's just a struggle for you to say, I need, um, that makes sense because that would mean you're human. But I want you to know that the word that comes before it means blessed, which means you're content in all circumstances. And that's the gift you get when you acknowledge that you're needy. And when you do acknowledge that, man, God and all the goodness he has in the kingdom of heaven, he is the minute you accept that you're needy and you talk to him about it, the floodgates open and he ushers in the kingdom of heaven and he pours it out on you in ways that you can't even imagine. And so I just, I invite you into that, that you would just say, uh, Lord, I am poor in spirit. Yes, this is good. And I want to remind you guys that we have produced a tool for uh, those of you that are M2P members, and uh, that's Ministry to Parents members. Uh, Those are the churches that partner with us and we help support their Ministry to Parents. We've got a tool for you. It's 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 a personal reflection exercise that you can pull up or print out just get alone by yourself and work through and it helps you think and process through this building of a support team if you're not an m2p member did you want to experience what what it is that we do for churches well uh and for church leaders well you can do that you can go to ministry to parents.com forward slash free uh, we, we named it that on purpose. It doesn't cost anything. You can get a few parent videos, a few handouts, and begin to kind of experience what it is we, uh, what we do and how we help, how we can help um, you. Well, thank you so much for joining in today. It's been a special episode. This is the podcast for church leaders that helps you build a ministry to parents. And we can't wait to see you next episode. You've been listening to the M2P Podcast. To download free parent resources, go to ministrytoparents.com.